In his second letter to Timothy, the Apostle Paul writes these words, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word. Be urgent, in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort. Be unfailing in patience and in teaching. This is In Season and Out of Season, a Bible teaching ministry with Father Tom DiLorenzo. Good day, good day. It's Father Tom, and I'm glad to be with you today. We heard yesterday that there was a little boy with five loaves and two fish, and there were 5,000 men listening to Jesus, not counting the women, not counting the children. And Jesus blessed the bread and the fishes, and they were multiplied. Imagine being on that hillside, eating multiplied bread. Imagine how you would feel. Well, we're going to look at verse 15, chapter 6 of John. After this, Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him a king. Imagine, they want to make him a king. So this is a temptation. The cross or the throne of a king. The cross or the throne of a king. What did Jesus do? He withdrew again to the mountain by himself. What do you think he was going to do on that mountain? He was going to pray. He was going to empty himself. He was going to give himself to the Father. Oh, yes. You see, all the honors of the world mean nothing as compared to the honors of Jesus Christ. That's real. Jesus says, Before you were born, I knew you, and I appointed you to bear fruit. Before you were born. This is real. This is real. Jesus goes to the mountain to pray and to ask the Father for mercy. So, Father, we come to you today praying, knowing that the Holy Spirit inspires our prayer by the grace of God. And we pray, Father, today that we in the church might not be like the world, that we would be different, that we would tithe our money, that we would go after souls, that we would pray, that we would take time to pray, that we would read the Scriptures, that we would receive Holy Communion, oh yes, as often as possible. Make us to know that we are different, and the difference makes the difference. That's real. I've always been different, and the difference makes the difference. I tell you, I do not fit in with so many people, but I fit in with the children of God. But that's life. 
That's life. That's what I was called to. So many people I do not fit in with, but I fit in with the people of God. I fit in with people that are striving or not striving, but receiving the presence of God. We do too much striving. We need to receive. When I pray with people that some of them start praying to us, and no, don't pray. This is your time to receive. You see, we've been learned we've learned how to strive and strive and strive, and it gets us nowhere. It only makes us tired. I'm looking at John six sixteen. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. Oh, yes, Capernaum was a beautiful place, right on the Sea of Galilee. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea began and became rough because a strong wind was blowing. Geographically, I'll tell you why the sea became rough. The air from the mountains hit the air from the desert, and the sea becomes rough, and winds are blowing. Now, when, when they had rode about three or four miles in the wind, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat. What does this mean, Jesus walking on the sea? The sea, in all its mysteries, was turbulent, and people were afraid of what was below the sea. Jesus walks on turbulence, and he is Lord over the sea. He can walk on your sea, too. Your Lord can walk on your life if you want him to and calm things down. How we need Jesus. We are desperate for Jesus. We are desperate for the Father. We are desperate for the Holy Spirit. And coming near the boat, they were terrified. But he said to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. Then they wanted to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the land toward which they were going. That's a miracle. They had rode three or four miles and they're in the middle of a storm. But when Jesus comes into the boat, they reach the land. Is Jesus in your boat? Is Jesus in your life? 
He's the only one that can get us from point A to point B with grace. Oh, yes. We need Jesus. We are desperate for the presence of Jesus. And yet, so many preachers don't even mention his name. We are desperate for Jesus. And he comes and he makes our stormy life into a peaceful life. Oh, yes. Jesus wants to walk on your storm. He wants to walk on your turbulence. He wants to walk on your lack of peace. That's what he wants to do. But you've got to give him permission to do this. No permission. He doesn't come. He has given us free will. And we can either turn to him or turn away from him. Now is the time to turn for him. Now is the time of salvation. Your turbulence will stop if you give your life to Jesus and invite him into your life. He will come. He will surely come. Verse 22 of chapter 6 of John. The next day, the crowd that had been stayed on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there. They also saw that Jesus had not got into the boat with his disciples. <laughs> you know, they're always watching the disciples and Jesus. And they know Jesus was not in the boat when the disciples left Capernaum. They knew that. They didn't know that Jesus walked on the sea. They didn't know that Jesus calmed the sea. They knew nothing. But now they say Jesus in the boat because they said Jesus had not got into the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. But they see Jesus, and they're wondering how did he get into the boat? Let them wonder. He gets into our boat. He gets into our life with an invitation. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I am desperate for you. Come into my life. I give you permission. Come, Lord, walk on the turbulence of my life and make it calm, because that's what you do. Amen. Verse 22. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the other side of the sea saw that they had been only one boat there. They saw that Jesus had not left with the disciples. They were alone without Jesus. Then some boats from Tiberias came near, the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. We remember before he passed out the bread, he gave thanks to the Heavenly Father. 
So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boat and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? They're looking for Jesus. I wonder why. They're looking to his hands. They're looking that he would do something for them. They're looking that he would give them a miracle. They're looking that he would bring deliverance. They were looking for Jesus. Are you looking for Jesus today? Am I looking for Jesus today? That's a good question. Not to his hands, but to his face. Oh, let your face shine on us, O oh Lord. Let your face shine on us, O oh Lord, that we would know that you bring life to our turbulent life. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? In other words, we know that you were not in the boat with the disciples when they left. How did you get here? <laughs> That's amazing. Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you were had your fill of the loaves. What does that mean? They were looking for Jesus because they were bread and butter Christians looking for the fill of their loaves, not looking at the sign. The sign points to Jesus. They're looking for another miracle. The miracle points to Jesus, but they didn't know that. They didn't know that. It's like the ten lepers who were healed on the way to the priest. Only one came back. Only one came back looking for Jesus, and that one was a Samaritan. And you know about Samaritans. We know the story of the good Samaritan, and we know that the Samaritan helped the man that was left to die. And when Jesus asked people which one was a neighbor to them. They said, the last one, not the priest, not the Levite, but the last one. They wouldn't even mention the name Samaritan. They wouldn't mention the name Samaritan. The last one. How sad. Truly, truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, because signs point back to Jesus, but because you ate your fill of the loaves, do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life. Now, everyone likes a good meal, but you know what? Do not yearn for good meals. 
yearn for the food that endures for eternal life. What kind of food is that? Yearn for the Word of God. Yearn for the Eucharist. Yearn to be with people who love Jesus, which endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on Him, Jesus, that God the Father has set His seal. What is the seal that God the Father has set upon Jesus? The seal is the Holy Spirit. For it is on Him, Jesus, that God the Father has set His Holy Spirit on Him. When they said to Him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Now, works is plural. Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, singular, that you believe in Him whom he has sent. The work of God, the Opus Dei, is to believe in Jesus, whom the Father sent. I wonder how many people believe in Jesus. Oh, they mention his name with swears, but do they believe in Jesus? I don't think so. If they curse the name of Jesus, I don't think they believe in Jesus. They might have a cross on their neck, but that doesn't mean that they believe in Jesus. I usually have a cross on my neck. That doesn't mean I believe in Jesus, but I do believe in Jesus. I do believe the Father sent him. I do believe that I was predestined to be his and he to be mine. I didn't do anything to deserve that. God did it. Even as a little boy, I was interested in Jesus. When we had the 40 hours devotion, I would be there with Jesus as Eucharist. I remember going with some friends to Canada, and we stopped at a contemplative convent. Jesus was on the altar as Eucharist. And I remember I was going through doubts then, and I talked to one of the sisters. I said, pray for me, because I'm doubting. I need Jesus. I'm sure she prayed for me, because the doubts left. Now, what sign are you going to give us so that we may see it and believe you? They just had the sign. You see, they don't believe. They want another sign. They want another miracle. Was feeding 5,000 men enough? Of course it was. What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, 
Truly, truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you now the true bread from heaven. My Father gives you the true bread from heaven, Jesus the Christ, the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world, the bread of God, Jesus Christ. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. They're blind. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. If you take and eat this bread, you will live forever. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. It wasn't Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. It's your Father who gives you now the bread from heaven. For I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Believes in me will never be thirsty. But I said to you that you have seen me, yet you do not believe. Imagine, they've seen this great sign. 5,000 men, not counting the women and children, being fed with 12 baskets of fragments left over. They don't believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And anyone who comes to me, I will never drive away. All that the Father gives to me will come to me. Are you turning to Jesus? The Father has given you to Jesus. I will never drive away. I remember preaching this at a funeral. No one who comes to me will I ever reject, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And it is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of what he has given me, but that I should raise it up on the last day. I said to the people, No one who comes to Jesus in faith will ever be rejected. No one. You mightn't have been in church for the last 65 years. But if you come to Jesus today and give him your life, he will not reject you. He will take you, and he will come into your heart. I remember Eleanor, after she received the great baptism of the Spirit, at the espousal, the first thing she knew she had to do was to go to confession. You see, all that the Father gives to me will come to me, and no one who comes to me will I ever reject. God is not into rejecting 
you say, but I've been so dark. Well, he is the light, and he lightens up the darkness. He has a plan for you, and you need to turn to him. How do I do it? Jesus, I come to you. I know you will not turn me away. Come into my life. Forgive my sins. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done unto me according to your word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word became flesh in the womb of the Virgin Mary and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Come into our life, Lord Jesus. Come and live there and never leave. God bless you. This has been In Season and Out of Season with Father Tom DiLorenzo. A tape of this week's series of messages is available to you with a donation when you write to this new address, Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass. 02128. Please make a note of it. And remember that this ministry is supported only by the donations of listeners, so please help as the Lord leads you. That new address again is Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass. 02128. And be sure to listen again next time for In Season and Out of Season. Oh.